Look, we're doing it from here on out. Fuck this it, we're gonna it. we're gonna do it live. We're doing it live. Welcome to Gaming Casual, the gaming podcast where we talk about games casually. I'm your host Sedge, and I'm joined by my co-host Lightsaber Ninja, aka King Kegel, and Super Producer Twilight. Because I'm the straight woman for this episode. <laughs> and uh, as you can tell, there is no control freak this episode. He is unfortunately feeling under the weather and will not be we joining us. We banned him. We looked at him and we said, you know what? You're off the pod. If that was the case, you'd be the first to go. Ooh. Yeah, this... What is this, Survivor now? <laughs> You've been voted off the pod. Leave. Hey. You know what? You, uh, you sign up for the Patreon and... You can vote me off. I don't give a shit. <laughs> we don't have a Patreon. If you sign up for the Patreon, Patreon, I will drive up gonna to the state and shoot him. Whoa! All right. Over the line a little bit. Well then, <laughs> this episode got violent quickly. You guys find me to be in the podcast, therefore I am. Oh, not anymore. Yeah, but usually it takes a lot longer for this po- for the podcast to turn violent. Jesus. I am not control. Fair point. So you just go from zero to terror threat. Pretty much. Zero to hero, just like that. Oh, I guess we know which side uh, Sedge is on. <laughs> Don't I'll be me. the villain, you'll be the damsel, and Shane will be the hero. Boo. Yay, I can I finally live out my fantasy of actually not being a blob in a chair. I want to be Gaston or Hades. So the villain or the misunderstood anti-hero? It depends on the movie on who I'd want to be. Well, Gaston like is universally a... the villain. I'm pretty sure my temper means I'm Hades. Uh, give me uh, what movie were you actually thinking of did you have a specific one in mind me no twy whenever she initially said that i'm thinking of actual mythology oh well boo i was thinking of the disney movie so was i you said zero to hero i was instantly in hercules yeah i started with beauty and the beast for some reason though anyway speaking of movies you like that Sure. Well, it's still your story. Uh, oh. Motherfucker, it's not even a movie. It's a fucking TV oh, shit, show. It's a TV show. God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> oh, man. I thought I did a good one. Nope. You failed. Go sit in All the right. corner. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie it into game movies anyway. <laughs> uh, Sony announced today, and this is the only piece of gaming news I've seen this week, apparently, because I can't think of anything else to fucking talk about. Uh, I think they banned loot boxes somewhere. Uh, no, there's a senator. Pay to win. Uh, there's a senator who's trying to get a bill through that would basically make it so you can't put loot boxes in games that like meant that are meant for kids, and in games oh, cool. that aren't meant for kids that kids are playing, you have to wall them off behind an age restriction, so you don't introduce them to gambling. I have I like two. Pro- I have two problems with that. Kids are shitey little fucks. Oh yeah. Who can get around age requirements very easily. Unless you d- want them to send in a driver's license to prove it, you're not. You're yeah, not but also win. Exactly. What else would you do? I don't know. It's not like we could straight up ban that shit or anything. Fuck. Go back to the movie. That but TV show. Uh yeah, Sony announced that they're 
is a twisted metal TV series in the works. And I All saw right, that on the it did the happy dance because I love twisted on metal. For real, for real. How do you feel about this whole PlayStation Studios or whatever it's called idea? If it means I finally get the Sly Cooper movie I've wanted for forever, I'm happy with it. I think Illumination is doing that uh, anyway. They... Maybe not Illumination, because they're doing the Mario movie too. I forget who was doing it. There were a bunch of concept images that leaked around the same time the Ratchet and Clank movie got announced, and then nothing. Oh, were they any good? Yeah, I... Mm, well, Sly looked weird. Okay. Um... I like the Ratchet and Clank movie. I know it's a little, like, thin, plot-wise. But if that had come out, like, back way back when... Oh, dude, that would have... If that would have come out when I was younger, I would have been all about that shit. And even mm -hmm. now, watching it, it's not a terrible movie. Also, if you're curious, I uploaded a picture of the concept of Sly from the movie to the Discord. Mm. I know. That's my thought on it. Just a slight confused trepidation like it's not as bad or jarring as uh the sonic thing was no at but least it, at least i can actually a little look, bit of i can at least look at it and go yep that's sly cooper yeah we'll see even for that like what they changed and stuff for where he's off where he looks off being sly other than doing that weird dreamworks smile uh dreamworks face um he still looks good for a thief character in a heist right whereas that sonic thing i still think that the concept could have worked i just think that they failed in their execution horribly yeah okay you know so it, it following up from the sly cooper thing i just you know i was doing some googling dude there are so many video game movies well apparently there is a sly cooper tv show and th this article comes from ign back from july of last year what, so, like a Netflix thing? Uh, it says it's PG. Or... It's PGS Entertainment is huh. making it, but apparently, it's a twenty-six episode series that's supposed to be launching in October of this year. Interesting. Yeah. I guess we'll see. Yeah. So that's. You know what I want to say? Uh, I think about where we are with game engines and what they can produce in real time. And now, granted, I know that to get the best out of your cry engines, your uh, frostbites, and your unreals, you gotta have a pretty decent rig. But it's still rendering real time on a single computer. Yes. And it looks good. Oh yeah. And I wonder why studios like 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 uh, movie studios or TV shows. TV shows in particular don't seem to utilize game engines more because it's probably a lot harder to do a TV show a full TV show in a game engine but see like the, the TV shows always look shitty uh, compared to the film even whenever they get to use the same model because they still cut corner they have to cut corners elsewhere and I wonder if a game engine would help you cut the right corners because it can render in real time on a single computer, and you're still technically a studio with a render farm. Mm, true. And you've, like, look at the difference between what Arkham City looks like versus what Arkham City's pre-rendered cutscenes look like. 
or even like even better Arkham Origin, which I think looks good enough to be a short film in its cutscene. I mean, yeah, from that from that first trailer that launched. I mean, I've said this before about Blizzard. If they like did a TV sh- when when the Warcraft movie got announced, it was live action. I was like, oh, but why didn't they just do it in the engine? Because their cutscenes are fantastic. Yeah, and to my knowledge, I think well, those for are the all film in- itself. I think those engines are all. I think those videos are all in-engine cutscenes, but don't quote me on that. Yeah, just pre-rendered. It's like yeah. we can pump out even more from it. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And like, I understand that some of the quality, like there are certain aspects of a of a TV show or a film or something that you uh, that you would want over what games can do, especially whenever it comes to lighting. Although now we are finally getting like ray tracing and shit like that. But at the same time, you can tweak the look of a game engine so well. I don't know. Uh, there's some piece of information I must be missing because it, to me, it just doesn't make sense. It seems cheap and easy. Yeah, but just because it seems cheap and easy to us doesn't mean mm-hmm. it is because we don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I still think that, like, uh, if you're comparing two 1080p cameras, two cameras that can film at 1080p digital, then uh, I'll take the $400 Walmart camera over the $23,000 studio camera. Well, I'll also take that because that's what I can afford. We're both going to use After Effects in the post-processing anyway. Fair. Fair point. Why did my voice just crack when I said that? Because you finally hit puberty, bro. Oh, fuck yourself. <laughs> um, video game movies, though. Detective Pikachu's out. Have you seen the reviews and shit on it? I haven't. I've kept pretty much in the dark on Detective Pikachu because I haven't seen it yet. Well, they. it is It is the one. It's the first good po- It's a, not Pokemon. It's the first good video game movie. Live action video game movie, you mean? What would you say is the best video game movie? Probably like Pokemon 2000. The first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back? Yeah, that one. Yeah, you might want to rewatch that. Might I? Was it, is my nostalgia goggles fucking me up? Ooh. I don't know how you'd react with your nostalgia goggles, but I will say that I was able to simultaneously still appreciate the parts that I love about it, yet realize it's a dumpster fire and a half. Oh, that makes me sad. But I guess I'll have to rewatch it to know. You do, do you remember that for this already kind of short movie, there's a 20-minute preamble of Pikachu's vacation? Yes. And it exists exclusively just to show off a couple Gen 2 Pokemon? Well, I didn't know that, but now I do. 20-minute <laughs> Pikachu vacation before we get to this movie when the entire runtime is 80 minutes. Okay, I don't remember that. So maybe, yeah, no, I'm just going to go with I'm being fucked by nostalgia goggles here. But yeah, Don't get me wrong. I still fucking love it because that was an experience. But Pokemon's good. I still stand by that the uh, Prince of, come on. Prince of Persia. Per- the Prince of Persia movie was decent. Oh, I agree with you. Um, I, the thing is, I know video game movies suck, but I have the ones that I watch because... One, I liked them when they came out. Mortal Kombat. 
<laughs> Mortal Kombat I watch because that is a comedy. Mortal now, Kombat Annihilation. I thought it was badass as fuck. Mortal Kombat Annihilation is a dumpster fire and I love it. <laughs> I was so fucking young. Put it this way, I was young enough that I loved the movie Batman Forever. Um Was that the one I with was the so penguin? young. Or was that the one with no. Jim Carrey? No. Next one, the worst one. Bat Batman and Robin. The one with Batman and the funny voice. Oh yeah, I you know what? You know what? No. It's uh it is Batman and Robin, not Batman Forever. Forever was Jim Carrey. Okay. I was about to say, wait, what one, if it's not, because that one was Batman and Robin. <laughs> it wasn't uh, yeah. George Clooney and his bat credit card. <laughs> oh, it's that one. No, oh, God, that movie's so What killed bad. the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. Uh, Meteor. <laughs> if, if anything, watch that movie just for Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's the best part of it. <laughs> no joke, I was seven years old. When that movie came out, and I remember telling Mr. Freeze, no, uh, it was a meteor. <laughs> I just imagine you in the theater at seven seeing this movie going, just loudly announcing, No, it was a meteor, not the Ice Age. <laughs> young enough, <laughs> young and dumb enough to still think it was the greatest movie ever made, to still think it was an awesome Batman movie, but old enough to know it was a meteor. <laughs> Even with the bat nipples. The, the concept in theory doesn't bother me. It's the execution. Oh, speaking of... <laughs> I, I don't know why I just thought of this. You know how Batman doesn't kill? Well, not directly. I'm sure many people he's punched have died from crushed tracheas. <laughs> he... F yeah. In, in uh, Batman Returns, the one with the penguin... Dude. Well, I mean, go ahead, but... One, Danny DeVito creepy as fuck in that movie. And two, he actually oh, yeah. straight up kills the penguin. He straight up kills the Joker as well. He also murders in the, the first Batman movie. He murders so many Joker goons. Uh, at one point, he um, like just tosses a bomb at a Joker goon, and then kicks him into a uh, sewer. No, no, at... uh, he, that was in Forever, or that was in Returns. He throws no, a grenade at a guy, and he blows returns, up. Returns, well, I thought, was the one where, well, you know what, he probably still does it. He murders in all in both the Burton movies, I will say that. Uh, he also, that's also how he defeats Two-Face. Um, oh yeah, that's in right. Forever. Two-Face falls into a giant fan. <laughs> but there's the one, there's the one goon that he, uh, he just kind of backs the Batmobile up and then guns it. And the flames on the afterburner burn the guy. <laughs> so I I want to know. All right, so Batman doesn't kill, and then Tim Burton <laughs> just at the meeting. Okay, but what if he did? So uh, there I am sitting in the theater with uh, my dad watching Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Right. Right. And. What we had both learned over the course of the Nolan trilogy is that Batman doesn't kill, even though there are plenty of moves he does in there that straight murder people. And like Batman begins, opens with him murdering an entire castle of ninjas. Like I said, many yeah. crushed tracheas. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we're watching Batman slaughter these dudes in a warehouse, and we're but we both kind of got this uh kind of feeling about it, and. <laughs> I turn to my dad and I'm like, D 
don't worry. Or it's not. I guess it's not the warehouse. Whatever. If Batman had done some fucked up shit, and I'm like, well, you know, technically he's still not killing. And at the moment that I turned and said that to my dad was whenever the Batmobile launches out from the back of it like this harpoon wire that sticks into a car full of guys that he then drags around like a fucking bowling ball behind his car, <laughs> smashing into everything before he hits a corner and the car does like a million flips and lands into another car. So not and those only, dudes were fucking murdered. Not only did he juice four guys, because let's be honest, <laughs> they're paced. He was a big harpoon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, killed, from all the flippy dippies that did, yeah. More than likely, he killed some random innocent who was just driving home from a late night at work. Yeah, and then uh, then there's a moment where he disappears for a while, and they're looking for him out the back of this truck, and he smashes in, and the movie goes out of its way to show you that he smashes a guy. Like, yeah. Ugh. Good times, good times. Batman went Punisher for a bit. Zack Snyder says that if you think Batman wouldn't kill in a in a realistic world, then you're living in a fucking dream world if you think heroes would. Well, you're living in a fucking dream, man. That's the thing, though. Like, I get them trying to do these gritty superhero realistic yeah, things. Yeah, dude, they're trying to be realistic about this man who dresses up like a flying mammal. <laughs> like a bat and, and, is a- poor people. and is able to fly safely with a cape. With a cape. Yeah, a leather cape. No, that wouldn't end terribly at all. He wouldn't still reach terminal velocity and turn into paste when he hit the ground. But the idea that he would incapacitate dudes in any way beyond murder, that's his fucking dream world, man. Yeah, right. Wake up. Grow up. I'm Zack Snyder. Did you ever watch the Angelina Jolie Tomb Raider movies? Yes, that was actually where I was going to go when I said I watch movies because they came out and I liked them when they came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I still like those movies, even though they are the farthest thing from fucking Tomb Raider. She raids, like, half of a tomb and just slaughters people otherwise. I did not see it at all. I've never seen any of the Angie uh, Tomb Raider movies. Really? Really? They're not terrible. The writing is pretty crap. But Angelina Jolie... look at the time period. Yeah, no, that was around the time Daredevil came out and Doom. Oh, God, the Doom movie. I really like Daredevil. The Ben Affleck one? Mm Mm-hmm. With Irish Bullseye? Yep. Are you feeling okay? I am absolutely fine. Although I will say Michael Clark Duncan as Kingpin was really uh, it was such a good choice um although uh vincent one Dinoff- clarification well yeah no you finish your thought because what you were about to say is so fucking no vincent d'onofrio's kingpin was oh god he did kingpin well i'm so sad that the netflix series is are over i know uh now I haven't had the benefit of seeing another one. I, I've only been able to see the first two seasons of Daredevil. I, I didn't even catch Jessica Jones before uh, our, we didn't have Netflix. But, uh, who, buddy. 
the brief period of time that we did have Netflix was really good because that was whenever Daredevil season two was just about to come out. We had just enough time to catch up with season one. And House of Cards was great because nobody knew what a monster Kevin Spacey was. <laughs> oh, God. But, it makes everything so much worse. But, yeah, I, I, I wish that we could see more of those. D'Onofrio was great. But back to the Ben Affleck one for one brief second. One clarification I want to make. I will never sit down and watch the theatrical cut again. Okay. So there's a director's cut, and it's longer. And now it, it just has more if if you truly hate the Daredevil movie, you'll still hate it. But if one of the if you if the Daredevil movie wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it wasn't the best thing, and you kind of hated that it focused so much on the romance, the director's cut is better. They cut out a lot of good scenes, a lot of character like uh, Matt Murdock character building scenes to focus in on the love relationship that starts off with a blind man fighting a woman in a children's park. So like you don't want to root for either. Cause it's just confusing and sad. Yeah. It's like, Oh cool. If you win, you beat up a woman. Oh cool. If you be, if you win, you beat up a blind man. And you're both fighting in a park where children close play. to children. At one point, you get on the seesaw. Like, what are y'all doing? Apparently having the fight scene from the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> oh my god, dude. The first Pirates of the Caribbean movie, beat for beat, took the flirty scene, but put it between Jack <laughs> and fucking Will Turner. Well, yeah, that was back when they knew what they wanted to do with those characters. And the relationship they wanted them to have. And the fact really? that Jack Sparrow works as a side character. Yeah, he he's like uh, Mad Max. He's... Oh, see, that, that's some praise. I was going to say he's Kramer. Okay, no, that works too. But no, well, Max is just the first, like, you know, because the film is called Mad Max, but the films are never about Max. Technically, though, Will is a pirate, so it's still about pirate. No, I mean, that's fair, but it's not about Jack Sparrow. He's just there to interact with yeah. the characters and the world, and it's fantastic until you get to the ones where it's just Jack Sparrow, and then it's just confusing and sad. Yeah. because You, you know, can... I always like the first one more than any of the rest. I am right there with you. Oh, okay. Although I will say, the end scene of uh, End of the World, or World's End, with... Uh, the Black Pearl and the Flying Dutchman just obliterating Beckett's ship. I take many issues with that scene, but it's an awesome scene. <laughs> and the issues yeah. I take are because I know naval ships. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you're a ship nerd. You know, I mostly just said yeah to... Yeah, 240 guns. I watched the second movie and I didn't care for it. And so I, I, I've never made it through the third movie or the fourth. Yeah, two forty gun frigates could definitely take on a hundred and twenty gun man of war. That's uh, yeah, definitely. Or the fifth. I mean, the fifth is the fifth and the sixth. You can just kind of. Avoid. I think it stopped at five. It no, it didn't. No, yes, it did. You're right. You're right. The movie that has a different title in the rest of the world than it does on uh, in the states. Yes. Oh, that was the one with uh, Javier Benicio Bardem. Or yeah, Benicio, Benicio Del Toro. Del Toro yeah. That one, yes. Javier Bardem is the creepy guy from No Country for Old Men. 
I was just rewatching um The Last Jedi and uh what is up with Benicio del Toro recently? Is he just taking roles to do weird voices and ticks? He might be. I mean, he's I mean, at at some point you have to think is he just being a working actor? Like he's mm. just taking roles he's offered cuz that's what he does. It's it's the same thing with Peter Dinklage. He's a working actor. That's why he was in uh, that's why he was in Pixels. Have you seen the Han Solo movie? Yes, you know I have. Oh, we uh, I must have gone through this conversation with you before. I I don't know if we've I'm had sorry. whatever conversation Even... is about to happen, but I'm me and I have a Star Wars tattoo. It makes sense that I've seen Han Solo. Oh, okay. No, uh... Even if uh, even if we haven't had this com or if we have had this conversation, you'll know immediately. Um, I was just gonna say that uh, the worst thing about the Han Solo movie is that it's just okay. That it, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I agree it's, with you. It's so utterly forgettable that I don't even remember if I talked to you about it. Yeah. No, I agree. It. it and I've watched it twice. It's not a bad movie if you're just looking at it like a heist movie yeah i feel like it only uh, my favorite scene is when they finally actually go for like a heist in the movie you mean when the robot revolution starts freedom freedom yeah. yes that shit was actually good that was the best part of the film yeah but i'll tell you i'll tell you how that movie would have worked better in the same way that you know Rogue One and Suicide Squad were both kind of hampered by the fact that they, their production companies, Disney and Warner Brothers, both forced them to start making the movie before a script was finished. And so for a while, directors are just filming shit. And then they cobble a story together later. Oh, um, God. There are some video games that I swear to God have been made like that. It's like, just start doing shit and we'll figure out how it all ties together after the fact. I think that's how the near game started. Looking at you, ride to hell retribution. I wish I wasn't. But, um, Please go back in the in the hole. Han Solo would have really worked as like a mini series. No, I agree. It felt like everybody was hinting at this depth that probably existed at some point in production. Now. I'm personally very, very uh, interested in what the Lord and Miller cut looked like because when they announced 21 Jump Street, I was like, this shit's never going to work. And then there I was day one for 22 Jump Street at the theater. <laughs> and then the Lego movie, they fucking crushed it. And then Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, they crushed it, even though they were just producers on that. And so I, I would like... I have... I have no doubt in my mind that not a single part of that scene uh, where the robots get liberated and they're running through their little heist plans. I bet that entire sequence was not a reshoot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I think Han Solo would have done better with breathing space and I wish they would have done the Kessel run different. Well, I don't mind. Well, go ahead. You I'm, let you talk. I've been talking for a while. Well, in my mind, like the Kessel run, that's where I was going <laughs> is, is supposed to be like, you know that that's the way smugglers take off, or not even mm -hmm. smugglers, just ships in general take off of Kessel. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's you know obviously it took me a very long time to realize what the hell he meant by twelve parsecs as a unit of distance. Being well, well you can 
you can thank fans for that i know which is why it took me forever because i didn't read the extended universe until much later in my life after that shit had been established oh yeah dude it took this i think it took disney buying lucasfilm for me to suddenly know what star wars was but yeah they didn't really show the fact that he crosses i mean they obviously did show that he crosses very close to the maw but Mm -hmm. it i didn't honest to god i don't even remember that scene it's very underwhelming. They end up punching it. They they upload the computer to the Falcon and then punch it out of there with light speed. Oh, yeah. But, like, okay, I don't mind an interdimensional space piece that can survive in space. It might seem out of place, but the comics had just introduced it earlier with a race that Han Solo does in the fucking Han Solo comic book series, like the first one. Okay. And that comic series kind of hinted this is why, like, for that one, the race is a secret race. But all the fucking bandits, ne'er do wells, and smugglers know about it, and there's a big pot for it. You know what I mean? Oh, this sounds like the plot of Need for Speed. Yeah, basically. But that's how you would do a Kessel Run. Why the fuck would he brag? I did the Kessel Run in twelve parsecs or less than twelve parsecs. If nobody fucking knows, nobody can verify it. Nobody knows all there's Han. So he's just a guy claiming that. Well, I think that, yeah, yeah, he is. And, and so I found that real underwhelming that it was them just outrunning uh, Imperials who were only after them that nobody else knew about. It, it, it always should have been part of the heist. The heist should have been, you have to go obtain the unobtainian, whatever the bullshit was that they were getting. You have to get that, but there are other b- smugglers and bounty hunters. You know how Dryden Vosk, even the 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 bad guy in the movie, is like, "I'm giving you this one chance. Don't screw up, or I'll fucking murder you." If he was like, "Don't screw up, or I'll fucking murder you." Oh, by the way, you now have to compete against other smugglers and bounty hunters because that's what a bad guy does. Gives incentive, motherfucker. Yeah. No, you're right. And then they had to get to the planet. The, the, you still have the liberation scene and whatnot, but whenever they leave, they're not just fighting the Imperials. They're fighting against smugglers and all that shit. And that could be then, where Han's then makes... little rivalry with Boba Fett shows up. Oh, dude, yeah, fucking right. Because they never touched on that. No, how does Han know who the fuck he is? I don't, I'm assuming it would have happened in the Han Solo TV series. Mm-hmm. That was, mm-hmm. you know, in the works at one point. Well, yeah. But what do I know? I'm just me. Oh, before like we move on to another subject or something, I wanted to tell you, Benioff and Weiss, that's who it is? Okay. The writers from Game of Thrones? Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they got hired on to do a trilogy series of their own. Yeah, I'm aware. Okay, well now, the rumors going around town are that uh, one of the trilogy series is cancelled. Most likely it's Ryan Johnson's. So they brought the guys who couldn't fucking finish Game of Thrones correctly? Alright, I'm not gonna get into that. I have mixed feelings on the new Game of Thrones season. 
Um, mm. Everybody was disappointed, but you know what? It was never going to live up to expectation. You're right. You're right. It wasn't. But they could have made a better effort. They could have. I guess. But maybe. Who are we to say? Yeah, we're not. We're not writers. Well, I'm not a writer. I know writing. Most of, most of the actual fan shit that's going around too are more cool plot twists than good stories. Which cool plot stories? Cool plot twist does good stories not make? <laughs> We've all been watching M Night Shyamalan's career. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but it feels like the last season of Game of Thrones took the M. Night Shyamalan turn. It's at this point in the episode that everybody's going, this is a gaming podcast, right? There was a Game of Thrones game. It was bad. Yeah, it was made by Telltale. No, there were two. Oh, well, listen, there's one made by Telltale, and you know the one thing about Telltale games, choices, right? Like, especially when it comes to replayability. Uh-huh. Uh, Game of Thrones is the epitome of a Telltale, a Telltale Games choice. Okay. Nothing ultimately it, matters. It elaborate? Nothing ultimately mattered. Thank ah. you, Twy. A, a lot of the choices you make in those games, if you replay them, you realize, oh, the outcome didn't actually, it wasn't like affected the, at all. Ah. Like in the Walking Dead one, you can choose to cut your main character's arm off or let it stay there in hopes of stay saving him or save the arm and he'll always and last he'll always long die yeah not only will he always die at a specific point but he always lasts long enough to save clem yep and and that is that is that is a hell of a choice to pick randy the only why that was the only thing cutting his arm off does is make the game harder for yourself although in the show that's the only thing they could have saved him it doesn't really yeah uh it, by when you reach season two you also find out that you were just a little late cutting it off I don't know. Does it really change anything at all? It makes it harder for uh, you. But whatever. Do. So for Game of Thrones, they they have a scene where you have uh, two characters, one who's decent to you and one who's been a dickhead the whole time. And um, you can pick one to be your right-hand man. And whoever you pick, the other one betrays you, even if it doesn't make sense because one was really... But because they have to have that other one betray you over it. And so there's one way where the game's plot makes sense, and then there's another where it feels kind of random. Then there's a bad guy who... Uh, it's one of the only scenes where you can do all four choices, including being quiet. And literally, whether you stand up to the guy, cow uh, grovel to the guy, do nothing, uh, no matter what you choose, he always just kills a person in front of you. Every time same person there's oh, there's wow. no choice you make where he doesn't just decide to kill that person so that really is like not a telltale game <laughs> or the the definition of a telltale game yeah because it's just so like the game of thrones is just real blatant about it yeah i never i never seen anything like on like uh guardians of the galaxy or anything so i don't know how there are other games but i do know that game of thrones is pretty bad yeah Oh, poor Telltale. But they brought it on themselves. I know that sounds like a shitty thing to say, but they they totally did because they didn't they didn't change. Oh, they anything. were mismanaged in half. Oh yeah. I, I don't blame the devs, poor... I, I blame management, yeah. obviously. Yeah, I feel so bad for the devs. Uh but yeah, they it's it wasn't a good model. Nope. 
or at least not a sustainable one. No. Uh, so I know you've been, so you've been trying to get me to play uh, DBZ Boost Fury for months now. Yeah. And I finally started to play it. I believe it's pre-Christmas. I believe oh, did you start to play it? Can I? Okay, hold on, hold on. Um, go ahead, tell me that again. I wanna. I have a specific response. Why you gotta do that? Just trust me. Hey, I started to play Boost Fury after all this time. Oh, it it gets good after like four hours, dude. Oh God, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you and your Final Fantasy thirteen bullshit. <laughs> i don't know i am curious as to how you feel because i don't feel like those games make the best first impression i actually i mean this one gets you into the action pretty quick so i like that like you're not getting you're not sitting around getting dicked around with like go talk to this person 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 you will do that but i know what you mean um <laughs> literally in order to talk to the person you got to beat up a bunch of people well, yeah, that's what I'm saying, and yeah, hooray! <laughs> like the combat feels nice. I like the fact that it's basically one button to attack, one button to special move. Mm-hmm. And a block. Yep, and a block. Like it feels good, even for being like an old GBA game. Which also, I have a since I since I bought the physical copy instead of emulating Lucky. it. Uh, I pulled out my old Game Boy SP and looked at it and my god this thing spent like five years just in my pocket with me at all points at some point someone is gonna find my rotting corpse and this will be near me Ew, why why aren't you in a coffin because the zombies will have taken over or world war three would have happened oh, okay. Okay. obviously and they're gonna yeah. find this and it's going to be like when they find an old relic, like somebody's like prized treasure on a battlefield and it's like worn, but somehow still works. Because hmm. that's what it looks like. It looks like I no took this thing hiking, dirt biking, threw it against a wall. Dude, no fucking joke. When you first uploaded that picture and I saw it, I know it doesn't have that much like damage or anything to it. But it still immediately reminded me of the Game Boy that survived a uh, grenade. There's a Game Boy that survived a grenade? Hi, Podcast Cat. Yeah, um, so there's the Game Boy that made it to space. And then there was the Game Boy that a, uh, a dude had in Desert Storm. And at one point, like, it, wherever it was, a grenade went off uh, from the enemy or something. But the dude picked it up. It still works. It's now in a museum. Well, goddamn. Was was it, like... I'm assuming it was, like, one of the old, like, gray Game Boys, right? Like, the big tanky fucks? Yeah, it's more like, uh... Like, blackened. Well, now it is. <laughs> <laughs> but that that's... It's, like, the original Game yeah, Boy. Yeah, it's, it's an original Game Boy. Like, four double A's. Yeah. So, fun fact, my mom still has hers. It's in a closet. In her house. And the screen plate is falling off of it. I picked it up because I saw it in the closet. So I picked it up and the screen plate fell out. Like the little protective covering that's over the LCD screen. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh boy, I gotta fix that. <laughs> so one of my weird anxiety things is... I will always imagine the, the worst case scenario. 
uh, at various points in time. Okay. Like, if it's nighttime, and I have to go get a drink, I will briefly, before I take that first step down the steps, I will briefly run through this scenario in my head where I misjudge a step, I trip, I fall, I break my neck, I have my fucking face is... I'm face down in cat litter or some shit, like, like some crazy thing happens. Anyway. Why is your cat... Why is your litter box at the bottom of the stairs? It wasn't. <laughs> oh, so you just rolled into the litter box across the I imagine the that... Yeah, I, well, I don't know how it happens. I just know that I'll end up face down in cat shit as a corpse. Whenever I have a Nintendo product and I have, like, a worst-case scenario thought that goes through my head, like, uh, like just dropping it or something... It's the only electronic device in my entire life, whether it's the DS or the Switch, where in my head, I drop it, I pick it up, it's perfectly fine, and I go, good job, Nintendo. It's the only one, and it's because I know how thorough they are with their process. Oh, my God. Like, the original DS. Like, not the, not the DS Lite, but that big, like, tanky box motherfucker. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I sw that thing looked like my SP because once again it spent most of its life living in my pocket because I took it everywhere. Dude, I don't even want to tell you about the way that they decorated the DS that I got because it involves uh, nail polish and super glue and a Batman logo. And when I say they, I'm not talking about my children. I'm specifically talking about my significant other. Nintendo makes good shit though. I still feel like the Switch might like snap in my hand, but. You, because of the way that the side connectors go? Yeah. I feel the same thing. There's also, um, there's a really weird, like, uh, spring sound that I can hear in the right Joy-Con whenever I move the stick around. Right. And sometimes I just turn up the volume on whether I'm listening to something on my phone or uh, if it's just the Switch itself or if it's a TV. But I still, like, I can feel it. I can hear it through my thumb. And, like... It bugs me. Yeah, there's something about it that feels a little off, but I also know that it. let's say I took the Joy-Cons out and accidentally dropped it. I feel like it would survive. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. Also, I don't know if I talked about this. This is just the fucking... I think the title of this episode is just going to be the Tangent episode. Yeah. Uh, Blame me. I mean, I'm blaming both of us. Okay, well, if you want to take the blame, I blame you too. Uh, I don't know if I've actually talked about this on podcast. I don't, I don't, on a published podcast. Yeah, there's a shitload you guys haven't heard. Mortal Kombat 11 on the Switch. Mmm. Infuriates yeah. me. To no end. Still no fix for your lag issue. I, honest to God, haven't played it since. Because I have it on PS4 as well. And there's no lag input on PS4. So I haven't picked it up on the Switch. Because if I can just play it on my PS4, why would I play the less superior version where it takes a half of a second for a button combo to go through and now I can't combo because it's When you the say less superior, do you mean inferior? <laughs> that is the word that I should have been looking for. These aren't the words you're looking for. I can't English good. But yeah, no, I, God, does that piss me off. Because otherwise, it's a pretty solid port. Like, obviously the graphics are downgraded by a pretty substantial amount. 
but yeah. like the cutscenes look good. It looks good. It runs well in handheld mode, surprisingly. Digital version or cart? Digital. Man, it's a shame you can't just get rid of it. I go out to, let's say I go out to the store. Uh, I'm going to use PS3 and we're going to pretend <laughs> oh, like that's Oh, this is, a, this is a buying physical media versus buying not physical, huh? No, no, listen, listen. Let's say I go out to the store. No, because you could argue for a refund or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you clearly planned on spending for both anyway. You're, you just really hate one. Uh, I go out to the store and I buy like uh, I buy Uncharted and because I have two and three and I really want to play the first one. But it's too dated for me. And then one day I'm talking to a buddy. I'm talking to Shane or or my little nephew. And they're talking about I don't know why my little nephew would be as informed as a buddy or my brother. But I guess that's why we hang out. Um, talking to them, and they're just like, man, I really wish that I could have Uncharted 1. It was such a classic experience. And I'm like, bud, what are you talking about? You weren't even born when the first Uncharted came out. And he's like, shut up, fucker. It's still good. I'm like, all right, you're right. You're right. And then I could hand it to him. Can't do that with a digital game. Isn't that why everybody got mad that whenever they thought Microsoft was doing away with used copies? What I'm saying is we need more control over our fucking digital library. It'll come soon enough. Scratch that. You know what? I don't even care if we have control over a digital library. What I'm saying now that I gave it a little bit, just an ounce of thought, what I'm saying is, man, I wish I had your copy of Mortal Kombat. I'd put up with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's where this was going the whole time. Yeah, totally. It was going there the whole time. Oh, boy. It doesn't I, make more I sense I don't know then. if I'd want to. I'll have to check. I'll have to check it because I know it did get an update recently. So maybe they fixed it. but it... I, I hope so. It'd be a real shame if it never played well for a game that focused on get, hitting the 60 frames per second. Right. Uh, or a game that literally relies on accurate button combinations to do shit. Like punching people. I'm just saying, like, as far as I can tell, they could totally patch it. You, the people that ported it to the Switch. You would think, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> I, I literally have no way to find out. It's not like my Switch is right next to me and I don't have Google at my fingertips. Nope, no way to find out no. if they fixed it. No, it's literally impossible to know. Oh, uh, Resident Evil 4 released on Switch today. If I didn't say nope. that already at the start of the episode. I don't think we have. We didn't talk about it yet. Okay, yeah. I mean, we did, but we didn't. <laughs> it released today and I'm super stoked because I want to take Resident Evil 4 with me wherever I go. Because I love Resident Evil 4. I can't get past the, the one monsters, man. Which ones? Oh, never mind. <laughs> never mind. Yeah, you don't have to. You, nope. You don't have to induce nightmares. <laughs> that's Fuck. that's honestly where I stopped. And I had my brother's GameCube at the time. I. Once again, I don't know if I've told this story on podcast. The time that the 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 level where those things show up regenerators yeah the regenerators or the iron maidens depending because there's the spiky ones which come up and give you a violent hug (laughs) Uh, all Um, right um then the dungeon when you're in the dungeon of the castle Mm -hmm. and all i heard was the breathing it's not behind me it's not in any of the walls, 
but I can hear it the whole fucking time. And I'm like, okay, it's clearly somewhere in this fucking hallway. I don't know where. <laughs> Get to the end of the hallway, pick up the grenade. All right, I guess I'm safe. Turn around, it's right at the door. Hmm. Like, I, I freaked out, blasted it with a shotgun, and ran away. <laughs> 2004 is when that game first dropped, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. So understand that we're talking, what, 15 years since I played Resident Evil 4? 2005. Okay, 14 years. 14 years since I played Resident Evil 4, and the moment that you just described, I still know is the moment I stopped that game. <laughs> well, that's the whole thing. Resident Evil 4... Oh, man, if I got some game stories. Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Resident Evil 4, in my opinion, is the most remembered of the Resident Evil games. Okay, yeah. Like, see, like disagree with me if you want. I know some people will, because obviously 2 and 3 exist. Um, I would say the only thing that's ever stuck with me more, and this was cheap on Capcom's part anyway, but the demo to re7 okay fair point fair enough like and don't get me wrong resident evil 7 was really fucking good even if that demo was aping pt a bit i mean that was the whole i all of resident evil 7 was aping pt i think no because it at least got like action heavy fair point it was still resi in the end yeah, that's fair. But it, it had more... It didn't take itself nearly as serious as the uh, other games in the series had up until that point. Between Resident Evil 2... Don't make me... Yeah, between Resident Evil 2 and 6. Oh, God. Just remember, Leon. Don't hesitate. Doesn't matter if it's a fellow uniform. Your best friend, don't hesitate. Resident Evil 6. Don't make me do it, Mr. President. Please. <laughs> I've forgotten how zombies work. This isn't the third time I've been through this, I swear. Alright, alright. I got a gaming story for you, because, like, I you said twice now, like, I don't know if this is on the podcast, or if I said it on the podcast, and that reminded me, like, oh yeah, we have had some tales that sometimes we assume people know, even though we kind of rebooted a couple times. Yeah. I want to talk about... <laughs> True crime, the streets of LA, and the only, aka, the only time in my life I've ever raged so hard that I threw a controller. And I mean, multiple times throwing controllers. I dented this, uh, this fucking locker I had in my room that was also a dresser or some, some Ikea bullshit. Well, do go on then. Yeah, I'm going, I was actually stalling so that I could make another cup of coffee. How dare you? I have it now. I don't know if you heard the stirring just a moment ago. Oh, I did. And so did all the listeners. <laughs> you should feel bad. Of what? Dude, the editor's going to take care of that. No, he's not. Okay, so True Crime Streets Valet, do you remember it at all? Nope, never played it. All right. That game was pretty dope because it had multiple branching pathways based on whether you were a good cop or a bad cop. It had multiple different endings, and even though it all ended with the same villain, they, they all ended in totally different areas, right? Okay, so it did and what it, Sleeping Dogs did. 
Well, Sleeping Dogs is the evolution. But Sleeping Dogs doesn't have different endings, does it? No idea. I don't believe it does. I've played through like three times, and unless I just really did the same thing. But anyway. Um, back then, third-person shooters and shit didn't have standard controls. We weren't all set up to know that you aim down sights with left trigger and you fire with right and shit like that. Right, because most games back um, then you shot with circle. Yeah, or some bullshit like that, yeah. Very few games used the bumpers, especially since PS2 was the dominant. Um, so true crime was set up to be like GTA, but with more variety in that when it was time for you to race, you basically played a racing game that just so happened to take place in the same city. Whenever it came time to fight, the brawling mechanics were way different than just like on foot running. And, uh, the shooting mechanics were something entirely different. Like, uh, I forgot all about how shooting works in that game. In fact, I had to see a YouTube video. Oh, whatever. It's it's crazy how different it is. But the game was amazing. And they let you, since the Xbox have, you know, you could store music on there. You could rip your CDs on it. Um, they would let you use custom tracks. So you could set up, like, here's all the songs I like whenever I'm racing. Here's all the songs I like whenever I'm fighting, shooting, whatever, right? Okay. It was dope. In addition to that, you would go around places to upgrade your abilities. So you, you do like one thing and it teaches you more racing and you get better at racing and you're suddenly faster in races. Or you go to like the dojo. This is the specific example I want to use. You go to the dojo and it would teach you new fighting. Now, these were all side quests along with like arresting people and stuff like that because at any point, the coolest thing with the true crime games was at any point you could arrest any citizen for anything. That's you... such a cool mechanic to have. Oh, good. So it's the best simulation of American... Poli I, mm, mm, I promised myself I wouldn't get political. That's why I... That's why whenever... Earlier, whenever we were talking about the loot boxes and stuff, that's why I wasn't saying anything. But anyway, yeah. So the shit was real dope. And, like, if you if you arrested a bunch of innocent people, though, you get the bad cop points. If you arrest, a, like, a mugger, you get good cop points. Anyway, what I didn't realize is those side quests matter so i got to the dojo and after a while like it just felt kind of repetitive to me and i was strong enough to take dudes down all the time anyway that i just stopped going i didn't know that i only had two more classes before i finished the entire thing okay mm -hmm. and throughout the game the one thing i found annoying was one once i got a good combo and i did the maximum length of combo that i had learned and all the damage I could take, which for the lowest dudes just took him out anyway. It would flip a dude to the ground. Then I had to wait for him to get up before I could hit him again. No problem. I just remember thinking the whole time, they're like, fuck, dude, if this game let me kick you while you were on the ground like GTA does, you'd be dead. So flash forward to the good cop ending with the final boss. It takes place in the midst of a burning plane wreckage on a runway. And you're fighting this dude who's also, like, m mystically good. Because, by the way, spoiler alert, the game has a mystical element to the story. Um, and I was kicking the shit out of him. He's the toughest boss you fight. And my biggest problem was he would... Anytime you would finish a combo on him and he hit the ground, obviously I can't 
kick him or hit him or anything while he's down. I got to wait for him to get back up. He will always get back up and have an invincible move. And every single one of his punches chunks my health anyway. So like I had to kind of keep distance for any time he was finally standing up instead of like running up and just like sucker kicking him till he's unconscious like I would in real life, right? I didn't beat a lot of games growing up. I never finished them. I, I know most games based on like the first couple levels alone. I was never that skilled. I didn't beat a game until Max Payne whenever I was like 13. Here I am at 14 trying my damnedest to beat the next game. And I'm here. There are no other save files because I didn't do multiple save files. I hated my uh I hated my hard drive and memory shit to look like clogged up. Yeah. So I always just used one save file. And I I have one save file that loads me directly into the end boss fight. So the only thing I can do short of starting a whole new game is do this fucking boss fight. And this dude is cheap. He has cheap moves. It's hard to counter them. And every time he hits me, it chunks out like a third of my health. He only needs, like, despite having the longest health bar I could have, he only needs three hits to kill me. And I need a billion hits to kill him. Every punch I do does nothing. And, and it's like I can get just a tiny bit of health off of him with my combos. Uh, but he's invincible when he's on the ground, and when he gets up, he does his fucking stomp attack if you're near him, that he's still invincible. It's it's very frustrating. I mean... As I said. That sounds extraordinarily frustrating. Yeah. As I said, I... I was raging. I threw my controller knowing, like, rational brain knowing, don't throw the controller, you're poor. <laughs> This is the only one you'll have for a long time. And I'm just chucking it as hard as I can, trying not to hit the Xbox, but also, again, I put a dent into my dresser. Um, Good to know you forever doomed yourself to having that controller you give to the weird kid who comes over to your house. <laughs> yeah. Actually, man, that controller I stuck, uh, took some shit. I, I never had a Duke, I but it seemed like strong as one. I thought you were about to say, it's still kicking, I was and I was about to go, how? No, I'll, no, my Xbox has a terrible end of life story. But anyway, it takes me 15 days, Sedge. Now understand, I am a teenager. I'm like 14, 15 years old. I have no life. And this is I have video now, games. How? I have no life. I have video games. How would it be different from now? Because, again, I had no responsibilities. I came home from school, I turned on true crime, and I watched myself lose over and over and over again until I fell asleep. Then I woke up, went to school, came home, rinse and repeat for the next 15 days. Hence, getting so mad to throw my controller. Fair point. But I fucking did it. I beat the boss. I felt such elation, Sedge. I've never felt so, like, 
deep down, I understand why Dark Souls players uh, enjoy that series. However, because they can be smug as shit about beating it. However, no matter how difficult Dark Souls will ever be, it's never been cheap. The developers balance it to be fair. As long as you pay attention, then yeah, really, all you have to do is get good. Right? Yeah. Whereas in my situation, if I just had a single move, it would be a totally different story. Oh, did I mention that because I'm a terrible video game player, this whole time I've been playing on easy, which is just adding to my rage? Oh, you okay. poor baby. So, I watched the credits go by feeling very good about myself after two whole weeks of all this bullshit. And it loads me up into free roam. And I'm like, dope. You know what I should do? I should check out some of those activities. And I head into the fighting dojo. And they're like, are you ready to learn your next move? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? What what cool bicycle kick are you going to give me? What sweet backflip fl flaming fist do I get now? You know what move. You know what my very next move I was learning was, right? The Hadouken? How to hit people on the ground. Come to find out the entire time from the very beginning of the game I could have had this move. Oh. As soon as I learned it, as soon as I learned it, because here's what, not only do they teach you that you can kick people on, while they're on the ground, but you can get on top and start punching them. I could have got more than one hit in on this guy when he was on the ground. It would have made it the fight go like like so fast. Okay, As soon as I got it, as soon as my character learned it, I walked outside and I punched so many pedestrians Then I shut off my Xbox and I never played True Crime the Streets of L.A. again. <laughs> I think that's a decent story to end the episode on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, plug your shit, man. At King Cagle, capital K's, on Twitter. One more. And... Obviously, uh, you can find Control, even though he's not here. Um, you can find the shit he does, twitch.tv slash controlfreak and facebook.com slash review. Z-E-G-U-R-U. Where he posts random uh, tiny video game reviews and opinion pieces. They're pretty good. Uh, we sometimes join in the conversation. Indeed. And... You can find me, and this podcast actually, if you hmm. want to interact more closely with us, there is a Facebook group, the Gaming Casual Facebook group, where you will see all of our episodes and also be able to talk to us, whether, yep. we, whether we respond or not, depends on how drunk we are. Hmm. I'm not often on Facebook, but I, I get on there to check the group now that I have to. Um, you can also find me at... Uh, twitter.com at sedge underscore gaming twitch.tv slash lord sedge and sedge gaming on youtube Woo so thanks for sticking around everybody and it was kind of a weird episode this week with a lot of fucking tangents oh yeah um but we will be back next week with a new episode 
and more bullshit for you and more casual gaming talk. Bye bye Yep. Deuces. Hey guys, Sedge here. Uh, just wanted to give a quick shout out to our intro music, 8-Bit Onward by Heatley Bros. You can find them on YouTube, and I will be posting the link in the description. Thanks. Bye.